Uh, no, unless someone brings it. No, 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 Okay, Jerry, you're on. Oh, okay. 30 seconds. Okay. Hello, everybody. Hello. My name is Jerry. I'm an alcoholic. Hey. Welcome to the Friday night live in the park meeting. Hey. <laughs> Glad everybody's here today. And uh, we've got two good speakers tonight hailing from far away, like Ontario. <laughs> and our guest leader tonight is Gina. I'd like to introduce her. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> I gotta find that picture. Hi, everyone. I'm Gina, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Gina. Uh, so, uh, welcome to the Friday night live speaker meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, if you, uh, the bathrooms are open until 8 p.m. If you have a cell phone, please. Closer. Oh, okay. It was a lot of them. Oh, you can that's hear. okay. <laughs> okay, everyone. Um, if you have a cell phone, please turn it off and no texting. Respect the group. This is a non-smoking meeting. If you're going to smoke, please smoke around the outside of the meeting downwind. My name is Gina, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, everyone. And are there any other alcoholics present? Yay! Yay, welcome, everyone. And uh, can I get a volunteer to please read the opening prayer? Tommy G. Alcoholic? Tommy. Opening prayer. Our Father, we come to you as a friend. You have said that where two or three are gathered together in your name, there you will be in the midst. We believe that you are here with us now. We believe this is something that you would have us do and that it has your blessing. We pledge with you always to be honest and to search our hearts for weaknesses and errors that we may deserve your help. We believe that you want us to be real partners with you in this business of living, accepting our full responsibilities and certain that the rewards will be freedom and growth and happiness. And for this, we are grateful. We ask you at all times to guide us, help us daily to come closer to you and grant us new ways of living our gratitude. Amen. Thank you. And now um, I'm going to read the introduction. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. It does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Now this is a very important time for all of us to be just a little bit more concerned for others. Please, if you should be feeling sick, we ask that you return when you are feeling better. Thank you so much for your consideration. And um, can we get another volunteer up here to read how it works? Please. Hello. What's Henry doing? Thank you. You're Good evening, everybody. I'm Stephen, and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. 
Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to the simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. They are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner which which, <laughs> of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those too who suffer from grave and emotional mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclosed in a general way what we used to be like, what happened and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. At some of these we bought. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God, may you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took as a suggestion of program of recovery. One, we admitted that we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to all... Oops, excuse me, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, what an order, I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is, is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. Okay, can we have another volunteer, please, for more about alcoholism? Uh, 
This is chapter three, more about alcoholism, which follows step one, by the way. It's also called the chapter of denial. <clears throat> more about alcoholism. Most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our personal careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove that we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is a great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. We alcoholics are men and women who've lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. We are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. For any considerable period, we get worse, never better. We are like men who have lost their legs, they never grow new ones. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. We have tried every unmanageable remedy. In some instances, there's been brief recovery followed always by a still worse relapse. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. Despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe they're in that class. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the role, therefore non-alcoholic. If anyone who is showing an ability to control his drinking can do the right about face and drink like a gentleman, our hats are off to him. Heaven knows we have tried hard enough and long enough to drink like other people. Here are some of the methods we have tried. Drinking beer only. Limiting the number of drinks. Never drinking alone. Never drinking in the morning. That's a good one. Drinking, <clears throat> never never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours. Hmm. Drinking only at parties, yeah. Switching from scotch to brandy. Drinking only natural wines. Agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job. Taking a trip, not taking a trip, swearing off forever with and without a solid move. Taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books going to health farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitments to asylums, we can increase this list ad infinitum. Thank you. And can we have one more volunteer for the traditions, please? We got her. Hey, Good job, girl. Yeah. Proud of you. Way to volunteer. <laughs> Where to go? Valerie, alcoholic. Valerie. 
all the way back. All the way back here. Yeah. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert them from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions Ever a minus to place principles before personalities. Good job, bro. Thank you. So now it's time for chips. Good evening, everyone. I'm Lisa. I'm an alcoholic. I want to make sure you hear me. All right. All right. Henry's the chip person tomorrow at the noon meeting if you all want to come and be entertained. Okay. I'm Lisa. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, we give chips for various lengths of sobriety. Is there anyone here that would like to take a welcome chip today? 29 days or less? No? How about 30 days? 60 days? What? Come on down. I'm Natalie, I'm an alcoholic. All right, 60 days? 90 days? Six months? Nine months? I asked if we have any birthdays, but I'll run through them. Do we have anyone taking a cake for one year? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20 to 25, 25 to 30. Hmm? No? Oh, gee. 35 to life. All righty, I'm going to pass it on over to Christina. I said Christine now, just so you know. Now. It's Christine. Christine and I am the phoneless person. So, um, this is a great resource for newcomers. If you want to add your name to the list as well, 
you can do that. And um, I've also got some flyers here for the upcoming Southern California AA convention with Al-Anon participation coming up the weekend of September 29th through October 1st. If you'd like one of those flyers, you can grab one. And if you have any questions, just let me know. Thank you for letting me be of service. Hello everybody, I'm Rachel, I'm an alcoholic. We do have literature at this meeting, big books, 12 and 12, all at club cost. If you need one, please come see me. We also have softbound literature free for the taking. Thank you for letting me be of service. So leader shares for 10 minutes. Um, hi everyone, my name is Gina and I'm an alcoholic. Hi. I think this is the coolest meeting I've ever been to. I had no idea this meeting exists, and I'm so happy that, thank you, Misha, for asking me to come with you to be your 10-minute speaker. Um, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I have a sobriety date. It's September 20th, 2008, and that is not my first sobriety date. Um, what I think I would like to talk about is, uh, it's really, I don't know, this is just a great meeting. Thank you everyone for having us and thank you for this barbecue and it's great. So what I wanna share about, I think is, um, when I first came to AA, I was 28 years old and I was sentenced. Uh, my attorney uh, had told me to go to AA and I wasn't sure why I had to go to AA um, because I was facing a battery charge and I didn't understand what that had to do with drinking. Uh, my whole life was consumed by drinking by the time I was 28 and I got this battery charge. Um, but it's all I knew. It was the life that I had chose. I loved the bar. I didn't want to be anywhere else but the bar. I tried to get jobs outside of the bar, but I would always ending, ending up drinking was a priority. I could never finish any college courses. I could never uh, accomplish anything. And um, I was pretty tired being in the bars by the time I was 28, but I wasn't done because I couldn't think of any other way that I could live and support myself um, without being in that bar. And so um, I just was always a bartender attracted to that lifestyle. And um, I thought it was a life of the party. I thought my life was gonna change and I was gonna turn around the next, like my future is gonna happen soon. And I didn't know that I had to work for things. And I didn't know uh, that the magic, no magic was gonna happen when I'm sitting in the bar talking about how I wanna live my life. Um, so. I didn't realize that I was spiraling down the drain and I was slowly killing myself and I had suffered from this disease of alcoholism. I had no idea that this even existed. Um, my father was a very successful mortgage banker and so I always thought that just by nature that I would be okay. I had no idea that I could be suffering from any kind of disease or disorder or anything like that. And so I, when I got arrested at 28 for battery, it was it shook me to my core. It wasn't the first time I was arrested, um, but I really didn't want to have this battery charge because uh, I knew it was a violent, uh, you know, offense. And so I had big future plans, even though I couldn't get out of the bar. And I knew this uh, battery charge was going to ruin the rest of my life, even though I had no idea I had no life sitting in that bar. Um, but my grandiose thinking took me out all these places and I just kept drinking my life away instead of going out and living life. And so when I got arrested at 28, my attorney told me to go to AA because he had smelt the alcohol on me. And I thought I was okay. I didn't know that drinking every day, not having a home to go home to, uh, living that bar life, I didn't know there was anything wrong with that because in my mind, the next day was gonna be okay. I would quit drinking and getting a real job the next day and the next day never came. And so it had to take an act of God 
um, and I was arrested and I was facing this charge and I was just scared enough and it so happened my attorney was an Alcoholics Anonymous and um, he sent me to the Fullerton Alano Club and that's my first exposure to AA. Um, I still didn't understand if I have a battery charge why I'm going to AA, um, but I quickly heard in the rooms, I have no idea what happened, but God did for me what I couldn't do for myself because when I was 28 and landed in those rooms and I wasn't in the bar, um, God had started speaking to me through the people that would come up and share at the podium. And um, I fell in love with these people in this club and I had nowhere to go. Um, and they, they gave me a place to come to every day. If I wasn't going to the club, I, don't, I would have had to have gone to the bar because I didn't know any other life to live. And they said, I don't have to go to the bar today. I could come to the club. And these people loved on me. They I, uh, found me a sober living home in the city of Anaheim. Um, I was completely mortified that my life had come to AA and a sober living. And I, I couldn't believe it. But at the same time, I was falling in love with the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I was following direction from a sponsor because he said I had to get a sponsor and the more direction I followed the better my life got even though I hated my life because I was in a sober living and I had to find a job uh, I slowly did the things that were suggested and quickly my life got better because I'm not running and managing my life the people in AA have taken over and I don't know how that happened or what had happened I was just so scared of getting this charge I did what anybody said and your motives don't really matter especially in the beginning um, because if you're taking right action you're taking right action and the right result happens and so um, I did what people suggested and my life got better I worked the steps <clears throat> it took about a year and um, I was able to identify some of my selfish self-centered behavior um, but what I had failed to do was understand that there was a spiritual component to this program. And I didn't know that I had to li literally let go of all my old ideas. And um, I didn't know what, my, my, what I told myself was I'm here to get better. And I got better quick. And um, because of AA, I learned how to be an employee, show up every day, do what I'm, do, put in a full day's work for a full day's pay, everything that everybody talked about. And um, before I knew it, um, I thought, that in my mind, now that I have a, a couple years in AA and this program really works, and look how good I'm doing, and I bought the car that I've always wanted, so certainly I have achieved success, and perhaps I'm not quite as alcoholic as everybody else in the rooms, because you couldn't get this car if you were alcoholic. All these land, put, landmarks I put in my head that if I could get these achievements, then I'm no, I don't have to be an alcoholic. I was trying to prove myself the exception to the rule, and it drove me to insanity. So at four years, after having all these great gifts from AA that I thought I had achieved myself, I had never given God any credit. I didn't understand that the power in my life came from a power outside of myself. It didn't come from within me. So I had to go back out to learn that I am completely powerless over alcohol, people, places, and things. And um, it's been, a, it was a, I was only out there for six months. Um, I realized that what the people in the rooms were saying was right. I can't do this all by myself out here. So I come crawling back into the rooms of AA. And it was very difficult because I had lost everything I had gotten, all the material stuff that I thought made me a human being and not sick anymore, um, it all, took six months and it was all gone and I'm watching that car get towed away on the tow truck because I quit my job after I got the car because now I got the car I didn't know you have to still pay for it oh and here's the weird here's the crazy thing they said if you're grateful for the things that you have in AA you'll never lose them well I put grateful G on my bins and I thought now that I'm grateful for this car I didn't know you had to keep paying the payment I know that sounds silly but um, 
my delusional thinking said the payment's going to come tomorrow and it never did and they took it away and I'm out now and um I, I came back and I didn't know what I had missed I didn't know I worked your program I got better I got stuff what did I miss I had no idea what I had missed and um God puts the right person in your life at the right time and he put this sponsor in my life and she was hardcore and um she met with me once a week for a year and we read that book together from the first page in the beginning to page 164 and um she took me through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous but I was desperate and willing to hear a message that I couldn't hear before um I had to be beaten down completely uh all my self-will my old ideas I had to run them all out into the ground thank God I didn't die and I was able by God's grace given the opportunity to come back to the rooms of AA uh, and be exposed to the program. I, I just couldn't understand what I had missed. So this year was um, very difficult for me because I really had to take a look at myself. Um, I thought I had, I thought I had took a, took a look at my relationship with alcohol. I thought I had um, identified all of my shortcomings. I thought we had worked through all this, but what I discovered was that was just the beginning. That that's what to build a foundation on. But what she also what what I, what I also learned was how to release all this selfish and self-centeredness and old ways of thinking and completely come with a new slate and ask God for guidance and ask God to direct my thinking. And um, this has taken me a long time um, to develop this relationship with a higher power. I did not know the steps were designed to create a relationship with a higher power, somebody that can guide and show you life um, because I am still wired to believe that I can do my own life um, I have a better way. Uh, I know it's better for me and it's all contrary to spiritual principles that I've learned in this program. And so I'm always in conflict with people, places and things because I always think I have a better way. And I know this time it's gonna be different. Um, so what slowly happened over time, um, God has definitely softened my heart and he, I have become humbled by some humiliating things that I have done in sobriety by running my will out and thinking I know what's best, but it's brought me to a, a point where I'm desperate and willing to hear the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. I have to seek this program more than I did when I was new um, because my disease is constantly progressing and if I'm not feeding it and I'm not treating my disease currently, it's just getting worse and it's just waiting for me to go out. And um, so uh, today, my sobriety, I've grown up in AA from the time I was 28 till now I'm 48. And I, my whole, this last 20 years I've spent in AA, except for the short span I, I went out there losing all my stuff. And um, when I came back, I, I, and um, I, I was never, what I guys wanna share with you guys is I was never able to get married, have a relationship, have children. Um, I, tw I left the bar at 28, never had kids, never got married, and I came into AA, and I lived that mentality for a long time as far as um, I can't trust people. And so God has really done, it's taken a long time for God to work on me in this area, and for me, really, to let go of some of my old ideas that people are safe, people, it's okay to engage in relationships, and it's okay to have your girlfriends, and it's okay to be vulnerable in a relationship it's just was a long time for me to be okay with all that stuff sponsorship was very difficult but my life depended on it um so the the sicker i got the better i got because then i was forced to take action that i didn't believe in that my life got better from so um 
what what has happened in probably about eight years ago i met somebody in in the rooms of aa uh, we had hung out which means i moved in two weeks after we met and <laughs> and we hung out for quite a while and um I'm still crazy. I'm still don't act right all the time. And um, I thought for sure I would push him away just like I do everybody else. And, and uh, he hung in there and uh, he had boundaries and he was very healthy and he didn't allow me uh, to behave in those ways. And we, we, we got some help and we worked through some issues and we ended up getting married right before COVID. We had a big AA wedding. Uh, people like me don't do that stuff. Um, that is super lame. And um, I don't believe it, but anyway, and here I am living all these things that I have heard from the podium for the last 20 years. I'm actually at a point where I'm calmed down enough to be able and allow these things to happen in my life and not screw them up. That's taken a long time. Um, uh, this, me, me, my husband and I, um, we have the most, I kind of want to tell you about it, but it's super cheesy and it's super lame because all the stuff that I thought was not what, I didn't come in here for a relationship and I didn't come in here to be a good person. I didn't come in here to be one of God's children and take care of God's children and learn how to appreciate life. Um, I came in here with an agenda to get stuff. Money and power was my uh, God. And um, it is, AA has completely in the program and the steps have completely turned my perception of life and the way I look at life and completely turn it around on its head. Um, and it's, it's brought me to a place of, um, what is the, uh, peace of mind. That's it. Peace of mind. Um, I was sponsor jumping for quite a few years and one of the sponsor, I went to a sponsor and I said, uh, I don't understand. I've been working the steps. I don't understand what's wrong. I, I'm still a mess, blah, 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 blah. And, um, she said, have, but you've never experienced peace of mind. And I was like, no, why would I? <laughs> and I really didn't get being okay. And um, this, pro this, this um, program has worked in spite of myself, in spite of my thinking, in spite of some of my actions. Um, and it's given me a place to build a beautiful foundation for a beautiful life. My husband and I, um, we just bought a home and uh, we ride bikes together. We both ride Harleys. Um, all these things I've talked about sitting in that biker bar getting drunk. <laughs> I'm able to live some of these things out on um, my work opportunities. I have a, a work issue problem, but I'm not going to get into it uh, because I think I need to be the boss everywhere I go and God humbles me all the time. So needless to say, I'm an admin <laughs> after 20 years and that's okay. Love you, God. <laughs> and um, I'm just very blessed and, and, and I cannot explain this relationship with my husband. It's truly only a gift from this program and doing things I don't want to do every day, all day. And God blesses me with this beautiful life. And I could go on for about 60 more minutes, but I'll, you guys are in for a treat. The speaker Mitra is unbelievable. Not to, no pressure, but <laughs> I love this meeting. What is that, 10 minutes, man? Thank you. Okay. Now, now what do we do? Thank you. Oh, now I'd like to introduce the uh our speaker tonight mitra from ontario hello oh god i'm very loud she's soft <laughs> let me see is it better okay my name is mitra i'm an alcoholic thank you i need a lot of help <laughs> Um, 
Thank you so much for uh, Les for asking um, me and letting us everyone. Thank you for listening to me, listening to us. Thank you, Gina, for coming. I that was my last choice because I knew she's better than me, and I usually <laughs> I look for a newcomer, but <laughs> with no avail. Um, <laughs> so, um, anyways, I really appreciate it. She's a very good friend of mine. She. Um, because of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, we are honest to each other and we tell each other the truth. And that's something I didn't know uh, existed. I didn't even know what that was when I um, first came to the program. Um, I um, was born and raised in Tehran, Iran, and that was my first resentment. Um, and I remember, people always say, really? I'm like, yeah, I remember when I was born, okay? Um, <laughs> and uh, I was raised in a rather large family, seven kids. I was number six. That was definitely my second uh, resentment. I needed attention from the get-go, and um, I was number six. So um, I just was landed in a wrong country. Uh, you know, the station was wrong, wrong family. There was something wrong here, okay? And um, so anyways, I um, I don't remember ever people telling me what to do or uh, talking to me about things, but um, I do remember um, when, I, when I came to the program, I <laughs> was forced to remember by doing the fourth step, um, to remember that um, I had a relationship with myself and I had a conversation all the time and we knew something that you didn't know and I wasn't going to share it with you. So I knew that you don't have the capacity to understand me. So I need to lie to you and manipulate you <laughs> and so forth. And um, so anyways, I was raised in a um, religious uh, community, Muslim. Uh, however, my family had decided not to practice Islam, so we were, I mean, I, we were different and people judged us a lot um, in the community. Uh, we were the whores and the, you know, hell people. <laughs> so uh, we were judged a lot. Um, and um, I remember being the sixth um, six uh, child of the family. I had five sisters and a brother, and um, I always wanted to be a boy, because I knew from the get-go, I knew that uh, boys got more benefits, because <laughs> I saw him like always getting his way, and um, he was adored. And so I became a tomboy. I was like, yeah, let's go, you know? Like, so I hang out with him and got side benefits. And um, I used to take the salt and pepper shaker and run around the house um, because I desperately needed attention. And um, my grandmother, who was the only person who was a little bit you know, closer to God, um, used to tell me, do you know what God is gonna do, do to you when you die? You're gonna pick up those grains with your eyelashes. And that was it. I know when I came to um, the program, um, I didn't even know how significant that was, that um, that had completely changed my life. Because uh, right then and there, I decided to rely on myself, me, myself, and Mitra. And uh, I knew that God is against me, so, and nobody cares. If God doesn't care, 
my family, nobody cares about me. So I need to manipulate and I became a super duper manipulator. So, <laughs> and um, so anyways, um, if you're new, 60 days person, now you can see me, right? I was going to tell everybody, do not move. I am extremely low self-esteem. So if you're on your phones or you're talking, I lose it. <laughs> so please help me. So anyways, uh, congratulations on your 60 days. That's humongous. I know um, when I first came to the rooms, um, I didn't believe, like when people said 20 years, I was like, yeah, I'm sure they do smoke pot or something. Um, but I did believe like six months. I was like, yes, I believe them, you know. And um, anyways, um, I have a long story, <laughs> so I'm going to just cut down. So my brother, uh, we were six girls and a boy, and my brother um, took me under his wing because I forced myself upon him because I wanted to be a boy. So I would play soccer with them, this and that. And uh, when I was like 10 years old, um, I realized he's no longer around. But in my family, it was everything was hush-hush. I didn't know that he had started doing drugs and drinking and all that and nobody would say they're like oh he's busy and and but but in my mind I decided and you know we're talking um AA about old ideas and old beliefs and I you know I'm telling you all these things because all these beliefs developed in me uh, that nobody cares uh, God is vicious and uh, people are gonna leave me my brother abandoned me with no explanation nothing so um, uh, with that, those basics, I go to this world and um, try to live a life that is meaningful. <laughs> you know where it ends me. Um, so um, um, there is a guy that really likes me. Um, in fact, he he's obsessed with me, and I love those obsessors. Um, and everywhere I turn, his face is there, and I really don't like him, but I like that he's not giving up on me no matter what, okay? <laughs> so, and uh, of course, I, he's definitely older, you know, I am like 10, <laughs> and he's like 16 or 17, he's my friend's uncle. And um, so, you know, fast forward, I'm 13, and uh, there is a party in, um, and only couples are invited. And I, I don't have a boyfriend, all my friends have a boyfriend. And uh, all of a sudden he looked really good. So I'm like, uh, hey, you wanna go to a party? And of course he was dying, you know, he was right there when I was asking him. <laughs> I never lose, lost him. Um, so he, we go to the party and I have my first drink. And um, you know, in Iran, uh, those days I would say because I don't know right now really um, you know if you like you know get involved with someone uh, you better think about marriage okay so people are very careful <laughs> not to kiss or do anything so anyways after we have the drink I uh, I am on top of him trying to kiss him and he's saying no because <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> he's probably afraid of marrying me he had to marry me or something and I'm like whatever you know so that's my drinking and my relationships in a nutshell okay if you chase me forever uh, I will you know I, I will take you and then I will be obsessed with you and you don't want me anymore. <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but, uh, but <laughs> that's the pattern. 
um, and my drinking escalated. Well, I didn't really drink that much during my teens, my tens, no, teens. And then uh, I can't tell you enough about the manipulations I've, uh, I've created. Um, I wanted to go to Paris and study because my friend was in Switzerland and we could be close. And I made this shenanigan to go to Paris right before I go to, I, I fooled my parents that, you know, I need to go to Paris, okay? And so they sent me to Paris. Right before I go, I meet this other guy. Um, and, uh, you know, don't you know he's another one? <laughs> and he's calling me in Paris every day and night. And, um, and uh, meanwhile, I'm totally lying to him. Because after 11 o'clock, the receptionist is closed. We didn't have cell phones. I know I don't look like, you know, I was born that long ago. But, <laughs> but anyway, we didn't have cell phones. So they had to call the, um, the receptionist in my uh, dorm. And uh, they would close at 11. So I would say, I go to bed at 11. And then at 11, I was like, oh, you know, like clubbing till morning. And... Um, but then again, he couldn't live without me, so I went back to marry him. And uh, I mean, all the crazy things I've done in my life, okay? And then that first boyfriend wanted um, to meet me, and the revolution had happened in Iran a while before that, and it was very dangerous. My, my dad was in Air Force, and um, um, they killed all his friends. Um, it always makes me cry, because I didn't give a shit. I did not. I only looked at him and I thought, what's wrong with him? Why is he walking up and down and he's upset? Because I was so self-centered and I never saw his pain. Um, you know, his friend's picture was on the newspaper. They were all hung. And the only reason they didn't hang him it was because he was always very cordial to his under, um, I don't know what you guys call it, but anyway. Um, people underneath him and and they actually saved him from from the new government um, but anyways um, so uh, uh, I was in danger in that country because I was loud I was answering you know when they stopped me in the street I was like what do you want you know they were walking with Uzis there's no law you know they're like shut up you know just hit you in the head and I was like what do you mean? We have rights. So my dad was like, he, she needs to go. But anyways, uh, nobody, <laughs> get her out of here. Okay? <laughs> and um, so anyways, the first boyfriend had moved to United States and he, well, they are very rich, extremely rich. And uh, he called me and he, he asked if I want, I was divorced by then, because don't you know, we love you for six months. And then after that, I was like, what a mistake, okay? <laughs> what was I thinking? And um, so he wants to meet me in Europe. And, and my sister, one lives in Switzerland, one, li one lives in Greece. So we decide to meet in Greece. So I go to Greece to meet him so he can come and meet me. So we see if we want to get di divorced. We weren't even married. married. But I was on it, okay, on the divorce. Um, so. Um, and he was going to come and get my visa because they weren't giving any visas to uh, Iranians. So anyways, um, I go there and it takes like a few weeks before he gets there. The second day I already, I'm in arcades drinking whiskey, okay? Um, and uh, I already met my 
next victim in life and um <laughs> i actually liked his friend but he was staring at me a lot remember the stalkers and i'm like okay <laughs> so um and you know he's not speaking english i'm not i i speak like eh, english and um we don't have even we no language is involved okay except language of heart so and i know you know that okay so anyways so by the time he gets there my first boyfriend to get my visa i am i'm not going he got tickets to go over all the islands and stuff and i do not want to hang out with him because i know i didn't know all this of course when i did the steps i realized um i don't want to go with him because he doesn't drink and he's picky on my drinking and this guy that i met in arcade yeah we were drinking all day and he's drinking more than i do and uh, so i tell him that no i already decided i don't want to go to america and thank you very much so um fast forward meanwhile my drinking is escalating i'm drinking all the time and it's still fun it's still really fun and um bottom line he forces me because he's the stalker the first one and he forces me to go and uh, i was already getting sick of the greek guy okay it wasn't interesting anymore and uh so <laughs> so i said okay i come to america so he i came here and uh my journey of like using different things anything you give me i'm like yeah like you know you want to take this pill oh sure okay and it's funny <laughs> because when i came to aa uh, people are like, you know, are you willing to play, pray? And I'm like, oh, please, don't embarrass me, okay? I'm not praying or no God, you know. But I mean, you give me any other pills, I'll try. But I'm very close-minded about other things, okay? <laughs> so my open-minded was limited to drugs and alcohol and anything else you tell me except praying, you know, peace of mind, meditating. And anyways, um. I, uh, because I was so self-sufficient, I became so good at it. So I would have goals in life and, um, oh, by the way, I broke up with him. It was, it was over, you know, finished. And uh, although he's still in my life, thank you. Uh, he still calls to check up on me. <laughs> so anyways, um, I um, continuously control and uh, I decide like, okay, I want to work. So I worked three jobs here. I didn't know the language. Um, I work hard. I really did. And I went to school and then I decided to get married now. Now time to get married. So this victim, I knew that I wanted to be um, a good one. So everybody can applaud because everybody was saying I'm crazy. So I'm like, I'll show you, you know, I'll be the same. So I chose everything was checked, like he's an engineering, he's very calm, he doesn't drink much, and he doesn't complain about my drinking. And he goes buying me wine when I ask him to. Um, and even if it's in the middle of the night, I can wake him up and say, go get more, and he will. I loved him, he was Alanon, okay. <laughs> so anyways, the choice was fantastic. He was, uh, you know, I, had no idea that I did not have a heart whatsoever. So, um, and then, you know, I get my degrees. I marry, uh, you know, after two weeks, I'm like, what is this? I want a divorce, you know, nothing is, I, I'm not satisfied, okay? They, everything looks good, but as soon as, you know, they get closer, it's like I, my glass, I'm like, what? What was that? 
what the hell is this? So I move <laughs> to different countries. I choose different people. And uh, after a short while, I don't want them anymore. I just, they don't do it for me. Um, it's not enough, you know. And I'm drinking more and more. My drinking is escalating. I now, um, uh, I'm in school getting my master's. And, um, and meanwhile, I'm drinking and drinking and um, drinking a lot <laughs> more. And, um, and yet, I don't think, I know I have an alcohol problem because I know that I'm constantly thinking about alcohol. That's all I know, but I'm not gonna tell anybody. I just know there's something wrong. I'm counting everybody's drinks. Like I'm like, oh, they had two and I already had four and I want six more now, okay? So, but I don't know who to tell. So, and for, for eight years, I lived in Orange County and I would, um, oh, I we had a friend who, you know the messenger you never know who the messenger is of AA because I had no idea what's AA but um I had we had a friend we we used to go to Hollywood Bowl it was our routine with tons of wine you know I, I had my four bottles for me only and I was like excuse me make sure you have your own because I'm not giving a sip okay and, <laughs> and then of course buy their couple of them too but since it's expensive I take my own um so this guy is my friend's husband and uh, he's not drinking. And I, I just say, um, how come you're not drinking? Cause I am like, he fish, okay? And um, he goes, well, I, I don't drink. I went to AA and I stopped drinking. And I'm like, oh, what is AA, you know? So he just tells me, but he tells me he doesn't go to AA anymore, but he doesn't drink. So he's not in the program. And couple years fast forward, I remember he said AA. So I get goosebumps. I look up uh, in the phone book and uh, I find AA and I call and I don't remember because I was drunk. I say some nonsense and they listen to me on the phone, right? And um, and then I go um, to a meeting and I sit there and I feel sorry for you, okay? I'm like, oh my God, I understand you have problems, okay? So <laughs> it's very entertaining to me. It's like Oprah live. Okay, they're like, oh shit, go ahead. So I'm sitting there. I never say I'm an alcoholic because don't you know, I'm very different than you. And everybody is like totally out there in my opinion, so I'm looking up our differences as we say. And, um, and they say, you know, if you want what we have, and I'm like, <laughs> they are delusional. Like, I don't want anything you have, okay? Because I'm like, I, I'm only in physical realm, right? I'm like, do you need a mirror? Because, dude, <laughs> you need help, okay? And um, so I don't know what they're talking about at all. And I'm like, yeah, I do want what you have. And they're like, you want to buy a book? You don't know how many books I bought? Because I thought I'm helping them like charity and stuff. So they're like, you want a book? I'm like, oh, sure, $6, okay. So I'm buying it and I, then I go home. I'm like, big fucking book. This, excuse me. I'm like, big book? They didn't have any better word for it? I mean, this is embarrassing. So I would put it under my trash so none of my friends who are educated, don't you know, see that shit. <laughs> so any, and, and meanwhile, I go sporadically to meetings but I go home and cheers to them. But I did use AA to control my drinking. That's what I was doing. And you know, when I came to the program, I realized, you know, by doing um, the steps. 
what I was doing. I was controlling my drinking. Sometimes I didn't drink for like a month, but you know how we are. If you're, a, if I am a real alcoholic, this is who I am. Okay, because some of us come here, but we may not be an alcoholic. But this is a self-diagnose. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is self-diagnose. So I can't tell you. I don't think you're an alcoholic. Okay, but um, I think being an alcoholic for me was. Um, I could not stop no matter what. And when I didn't drink, my mind was constantly thinking about it and counting and waiting. Okay, Saturday is going to be here. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't breathe. I was white knuckling all day for weeks to like prove that I'm not an alcoholic um, or I can control this shit, right? Uh, so, the, you know, move. Um, I stayed married to my husband because he was very obedient. <laughs> so that was very useful. Um, but um, anyways, and then I got, uh, I didn't want, well, I got pregnant and then I lost the baby only because um, I wasn't taking care of myself because I was like drinking and I was really upset that I have to control my drinking now or not drink. What are you talking about? And I was working. And, you know, I got my master's degree and then um, I studied linguistics and uh, and then my I was working in the writing center in, in the university and they asked me to teach English to native speakers and, and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what? You have no idea. I mean, I'm afraid of regular people like my peers, <laughs> classmates, let alone go and teach English to native speakers. Long story short, my ego was like, yeah, but um, so we went and did that. But I drank even more and more because I was afraid. I was afraid of you finding out. Unfortunately, nobody caught me. OK, I was never caught. So I thought every time I would go to a meeting, I was like, these people, they're so lame. Yeah, I'm so smart. I never got a ticket. Nobody caught me. Um, so, you know, in AA, we say, if you think you're smart, that's a liability. Yeah, that's a liability, okay? So you guys made me dumb and dumber. <laughs> Thank you very much in order for me to stay. Because I thought I knew everything. So finally, uh, this is what happens. Because every day I am praying to this God that I, you know, my relationship is like, my relationship is like, <laughs> My relationship with God is like cussing, uh, begging, crying, throwing myself on the floor, you know, tantrums as I'm drinking. I'm like, God, please help me. And, you know, and it pours all over my bed, you know. And, um, and, and I think this God is not working, you know. Um, and I couldn't kill myself. Every night, like many of us do, I begged this whatever you are out there, Please kill me. I don't want to live. I'm not useful. Um, oh, I forgot to say I had a baby. <laughs> All right. So I get pregnant. Anything that happens to me is very exciting for five minutes, as I said, or a couple of months. And then I'm like, uh, and people are like, are you going to bring another one, the second one? I'm like, are you kidding me? You want to take this? Because I had to manage my hours to drink and when he sleep, I sleep and he's, you know, the, it's a lot of work, full-time job to um, manage my drinking and his sleeping and eating. And he, um, I don't want him. I have no feelings towards him. And I think he's a burden. 
why did I do this? He's crying all the time. And when I was pregnant, I didn't drink. But my ultimatum to my husband was that I'm not going to work. If I work, and I knew it. If I work, if I have to look at other people, I need a drink out of fear because I'm afraid of people. So um, I didn't uh, do that. So anyways, what happened to me was I couldn't stop drinking and then it stopped working for me. So, and I couldn't kill myself because remember my grandmother, I honestly to this day, when the, when the thing, uh, thought comes that I don't want to live when things are hard for me, um, yeah, meaning in my mind only because it's always delusional. Um, I want to die, but I can't kill myself because I'm always afraid that is worse than that, that I have to pick up those grains with my eyelashes. So it worked in a, in a, I guess, <laughs> somewhat. So it stopped working. I'm mixing, I'm putting drugs with it. I mean, you name it, I'm taking anything you give me to shut up for a second, the mind or sleep for half an hour, nothing is working. Two weeks I'm sitting like this. So I'm forced to go to AA. At this time I had moved to um, Ontario. And so I go to a meeting in Ontario, Umbrella Group, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I thought Umbrella Group was bad. I mean, I thought Orange County was lame. Ah, <laughs> these people, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm part of, but guess what? I was so defeated so defeated um, by the grace of God that I had no choice but to sit there. There were three people in the meeting, one sleep, one drunk, and this, you know, leader, secretary, uh, slash everything, okay, coffee maker, everything. Uh, she was a professor at USC and she was about to get an, an award. Um, apparently, she that's, that was her experience was. And I thought to myself, Finally, an educated person like me. <laughs> but it was by the grace of God because he knew that I'm so, you know, shallow and uh, appearances are so important to me that uh, that was the only way that I could hear something. So uh, I stayed. It was November 28th of 2005. And uh, I switched from Scotch to Brandy to Randy which was delicious and uh, <laughs> Randy was harder than alcohol to quit. Let me tell you that, okay? And I've done everything you name in this program. Um, I, I've never stopped going to meeting. I've never stopped having a sponsor. I've never stopped uh, doing the steps, helping others, you name it, um, you know, taking commitments. Um, but I've always done wrong <laughs> in my day, you know, in my daily life, choosing wrong things, not listening to directions sometimes, uh, which was just like alcohol. I had no choice, you know, even in those choices, like the guy I knew was wrong, but I had no choice. It was just like I couldn't quit. Okay. Every night I was like, God, please help me quit. And then the next morning I was on the phone with him. Thank you. And, um, so then after a year i broke up with him because my sponsor was also telling me constantly that uh you shouldn't be doing that and i kept telling her you shouldn't be telling me this because who are you to tell me what to do you know she's like but you're married and i was like oh 
it's none of your business, okay? So, <laughs> and, and she kept saying, when you start something wrong, you're gonna end that wrong. And I didn't even understand that. I was like, over my head, okay? I was like, you don't understand, that's my obsession, okay? And <laughs> so my I start taking pills because I couldn't sleep. Because don't you know, I broke up with him and he went out and poor him. And so let me take a pill to sleep. And then I was in a meeting. I didn't even know, it was never discussed. This girl shared that she was taking pills to relax <laughs> and sleep and she was asked to take a newcomer chip and i just had taken my year chip and you know i had sponsees don't you know how prestige and thank you very much and uh, but anyways i took a newcomer chip so my sobriety date is december 2nd of 2006 and um for that i'm so grateful to alcoholics anonymous so my journey started how long do i have am i done no keep going okay um, so actually my the the program has been amazing to me I had no idea that just quit drinking was the beginning of it of course it's the the you know it's the tip of the I mean if it's not there I can't even touch anything else but I didn't know that I um, I used alcohol because it worked for me it worked to shut the mind um, make me feel better about myself and um, so when I first came to the program you know when you guys talk about God and again you know if you want what we have do what we do which I didn't want I didn't understand but you patiently patiently waited for me you um, always had a place for me to sit give me a cup of coffee and I was not a vision to see because I was furious angry a bit B, B I T C H. Okay, and um, like you name it, I did not like people. I hated people. I pushed everyone away, and yet as I would walk into the rooms, you know, you would just say, "You accepted me. You told me what love meant." Okay, and um, I didn't want my son when I came. I didn't. I didn't know that I didn't even care for anyone. I never have loved in my life. I was the victim of this world. Everybody has done wrong to me, okay, don't you know? And um, especially the guy, <laughs> the Randy. But, uh, and then my, my sponsor wanted me to make amends to everyone, including him. And I wasn't willing to do that. I wasn't willing because don't you know he did this and he did that. And I remember I was like, I'm gonna kill myself. I used to tell my sponsor and she was from PG. Pacific group. <laughs> and finally, after a couple of times, she said, do you have a plan to kill yourself? I said, not yet. She said, well, call me when you have a plan. Click. She hung up on me. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I can't believe she did that. So from, from suicide, I immediately became homicidal. Okay. I'm like, I kill her, damn it. <laughs> but anyways, um, that sponsor really helped me because she took me through the book, you know, word by word, asked me to underline, and I was offended because she would say, look that word up in the dictionary, and I was like, oh yeah, because I have an accent, thank you, okay. But, <laughs> but, uh, she, but I didn't know that, you know, so much depth in, is in that when I dig into the words. Um, so anyways, and um, I, um, I went on, um, 
making amends to him. And, uh, you know, I just recently saw him. It took me a long time to get rid of this um, hatred, resentment towards him because I, I um, held him responsible for my divorce. Hello, I did it myself. But um, divorce and, um, you know, deceiving me and all that. And I loved him so much. It was from love to hate. You know how we love in Alcoholics Anonymous, right? I love you so much, but I hope you die if you leave me. And <laughs> my sponsor used to say, you don't even want him, but you don't want anybody else to love him either. I'm like, yep, you got it. And um, so, so I... Um, made amends to him and, and it's funny i just want to say that because i saw him he never came back to meetings and i saw him um last d december in a christmas party and honestly i did not know who he was for a second and uh, when i realized who he was i was like what was i thinking how many years i wasted so anyway that re uh, reassured me that when you guys tell me you have no idea what you're doing. You're delusional. Um, and I didn't understand it. And I am delusional. So that's why I always have to check with you guys my brilliant ideas. Uh, so, so you can remind me of what I'm saying is right or not because I, I am really skewed. Um, so Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, um, Okay, so the first week I was in AA, they asked me to make coffee. This guy came to me, the secretary, and said, would you like to make coffee? And that made me extremely angry because I, I and I said it. I said, really? Because I have an accent and I'm a woman, you want me to make coffee? How about you make coffee and I'll be the secretary? And uh, he said, you don't understand it yet, just do it. <laughs> and I was so angry that I couldn't even answer, so I said, okay and then of course i made the best coffee in the world and um and i watch everyone if they said like like this they were on my fourth step okay i was like i hate him forever um <laughs> and then um and then i decided to drink after a couple of weeks i think it was almost a week or so 10 days and uh i was driving from work and you know you know you know your timing when you want to drink and I knew my, I started like having that anxiety and my mind was going and I was like, my car was going to Trader Joe's because they had the best wine, $1.99. <laughs> and I used to get it by cases, right? Yeah. And anyways, um, so I was going there and then all of a sudden I, I drove to the meeting and, and I went to the meeting and I thought I should tell them that I'm going to go get alcohol because uh, I had no idea what's going on I, I what it was grace of God I'm sure and I went in and um, and this guy came after the meeting after I shared he came and he this guy always talked a lot okay and I hated him because he repeatedly said the same story that I'm doing now <laughs> for every speaking and um, so he he came to me and he said uh, just don't go to farmer Joe's tonight go tomorrow and all I thought I just wanted to know how shallow I was okay because all I thought was what an idiot he doesn't even know Trader Joe's and he thinks it's Farmer Joe's and, <laughs> and, and, and then I gave that phony smile you know and I, I said oh thank you God okay rolling my eyes and I went home 
and I was putting my stuff away and I forgot to go to Trader Joe's. And you know, and, and after that, everything I wanted to do, I would say, because one day at a time didn't work for me, but I can do it tomorrow because I'm so controlling. Um, uh, that's one of my biggest, you know, tools that <laughs> is not working for me. Um, so I, I say that. And then 15 years later, I, I don't see him because apparently he moved to San Antonio the week after. And then 15 years later, which was last summer, I go to a meeting, same meeting, and um, and he's sitting there. I don't even recognize him because he's older and he kind of gained weight, but he recognizes me. So I told him, oh my God, I always share that, that you told me that. And uh, and then we sat down and and he shared and he said, he said, I, I just talked to a friend and she told me that I told her 15 years ago to do something tomorrow and I needed to hear it because tonight I was going to go do something crazy. And so this circle came back and she, he had to hear me. And that was like a miracle to me. And um, so anyways, um, I took commitments. I've always had commitments. I, I went to prisons, um, you know, taking which all of these I did not. I mean, I was like throwing tantrums because don't you know, I've never been to prison. Why do I have to go talk to these losers? But um, but then, you know, I was encouraged to go and see, to, to, don't worry about it, it's the language of heart. And I did that and I, I, and I saw that, uh, you know, God doesn't have favors just because somebody's in the prison uh, doesn't mean God doesn't love them. In a, or, you know, I love it when people say, uh, I don't love it, I hate it actually. When people say, I got so lucky and I didn't get a ticket really i never got a ticket i never got caught nobody ever complained about mine was i lucky i just think that we all have different stories and that's god's way of doing things through us and i don't question it whether it's lucky or not um anyways when i left iran i i um i hated hated iran and i exactly remember i was on the plane and I thought, I hope, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, I hope they bomb this place because they're just idiots, okay? Idiots. And um, so when I do my fourth step, uh, people, places, and things, you know, my country is on it and my culture because I hate them. And I, I pretend I don't speak Farsi anymore. Um, I really don't want to. I don't want to talk to Iranians anymore. I'm in the program and my, my sponsor constantly reminds me. Um, I also had sponsor hopped, by the way, um, and which is okay to me. Um, so anyways, so my sponsors <laughs> encouraged me to get to the bottom of that, you know, and well, you know, get to the bottom and I'm not willing to even touch it. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I don't want to be a part of this, you know, culture or this Iranians or whatever. And then Zoom starts and, um, and then somebody asked me to speak for Iranians and I was adamantly, no way. I told them, I don't speak Farsi. I don't remember any of it, you know, and, and my sponsor is like, God is doing for you what you can't do for yourself. And you need to do that. And anyways, I really didn't know the um, lingo, you know, like a, a lingo, cause you know, we have terms that we use, but 
um, alcohol is illegal in Iran, and uh, and they don't have AA formal AA. But and the, all these girls, they don't have sponsor. They don't know, you know, how to even do any of these things. So I was able to speak, and uh, you know, it softened my heart. And ever since I've been like speaking, whenever they ask me, I've been sponsoring girls in Iran through Zoom and telephone and that has been more than I can't even tell you what I was missing for years because uh, I needed that healing for years and years there's the shit I have you know blocked um, from that country you know there is a reason I was born there in that family in that country and I don't know why God let me be there or let you be born somewhere else there is a reason and and whatever karmic thing it was or it is, I am healing over and over, more and more. I speak to them almost every morning because, you know, our time is different and uh, and we talk, I talk to each one of them, take them through the steps uh, on Zoom. And um, I couldn't have done this without you guys. Um, the healing is beyond me. Today, I have, uh, my son is actually home now my relationship with him was a lot of amends every day because i would make amends and then the next day i yell <laughs> again and my sponsor was like go make amends again and my son was like are you gonna make amends <laughs> like he already knew that okay and then at the end he was like you're not making any more amends okay and i didn't want him remember at the beginning of, i mean when he was born for years i didn't want him and my ex-husband didn't want to talk to him because i cheated on him for years, he wouldn't even look at me. He was like, if I would talk to him, he would just say, okay, okay. Uh, now we are best friends uh, because I made a lot of amends, but I mean, he didn't accept it at the beginning, but our relationship is really good. Um, he's married now. Um, uh, today I have friends, all of you, I mean, Alcoholics Anonymous, where in the world I would have found. And I resisted that for years and years, because I judged everything by the appearances. And uh, today I know when you said, you, if you want what we have, do what we do. It's that peace of mind. It's the love that I never knew what it was. It's the acceptance. You accepted me, and to me that's love, uh, unconditionally. And that's what I have to do. I have to practice every day with my son. Today my relationship with my son is way better. I've I've taken him to Europe, you know, a couple times with my own money, without cheating you guys or you know any guy to pay for it. And um, I've made many amends to many people. My parents had already died, but I did write letters, and um, my brother too. Um, I am in a semi relationship. Semi relationship. <laughs> I'm in a relationship, but I'm not in admittance of it. <laughs> options are always open but <laughs> no but, but i am in a relationship that uh, is very different that i've ever had he's not a stalker which doesn't attract me very much because i love those ones uh, but <laughs> but because of that he he's helped me it's god's will he's helped me become a better person um please let me know when i'm done because i'm really enjoying myself sorry <laughs> am i done 7.15, I'm done. I apologize for going way over. Uh, thank you so much for 
being in my life. I love Alcoholics Anonymous and I love you guys. And new people, if you're new here, we love you. You don't know it, but just stick around. You'll know. Thank you. I'm less alcoholic. Let's give Mitra and Gina a hand for a great meeting. I'm your grapevine rep. Meeting in a print. H and I. If if you if you're new, get involved in H and I. I mean when I was new, they used to say, Get in the car, kid. Where were you going? Just get in the car. You know? <laughs> they got a lot of nerve to put a newcomer in the back seat of a car with two doors and, and, and you can't get out, you know. <laughs> so if you're new Get involved because you know making coffee is the best thing you could ever do because you, you you learn that when you be of service you don't have time to think too much about yourself they just keep you real busy when you're new so if you want to get involved here in this meeting come up to me or or Fernando and uh, we got something for you to do so we need a lot of help cleaning up afterwards you know and uh, let's give uh, Fernando a hand. And John for cooking tonight. Yes. And uh, Jim for coming early and cleaning up. I mean, we got a lot of help here. And and everybody that's involved, you know, uh, Rachel with the books and Christine with uh, with our literature. Anyway, I'm your grapevine grant. Yes. Fractured, fractured fairy tales. Well, this looks pretty good. Pinocchio. This is, this is an old one. This, yeah. Anyway, AA on the road. Are you enjoying sobriety? Just visiting? Anyway, all we do is we read these and then bring them back and then we recircle recircle them. So does anybody want, want one? Come up here and get it. This is a good one. Come up, get it. There you go. Thank you. Just read it and bring it back. I got another one here. Free on the inside. You know, it's really funny. Sometimes I tell people, sometimes you know, you're going through life and you're working the steps. And then really, you know what? The steps are working you from the inside out. I couldn't tell you how many times a little voice tells you, uh-huh, in all our affairs, right? <laughs> a slice of life. Four years ago. This one's here. It's free on the inside. It's a prison edition. AA in prisons. Anybody want one of these? Come on up. First thing we're okay. First one, let's go ahead and pull one out. This okay. one is from oh, darkness right. unto light. You can read it here. Okay. No, I just had it to you. Oh, you okay. All right, Jerry. Hey, 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 read mine and see if I win. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. You can't do that. It's not fair. I won. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't work this out. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. That's not you. Yes, it's not you. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Darkness unto light. Yes. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, nine four five four four through eight. Sure. Okay. The last, the last four numbers. Okay. Sure I can. Last four numbers are five, five, four, two. God, two thousand one. Spirituality, the quality of our relationship, like Father. Yay! 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 What a deal! What a deal! Well, there. Good for you. Keep it for a souvenir. That's a good one. Good for you. Oh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Came right. to believe, right? Came to believe. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, five five two one. Do I hear her? Five five two one. Going, going. No way! Yeah, give me a souvenir. Thank you so yeah, much. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm selling at half price. Old ideas, huh? We're rattling off uh, less tonight because he's still, he's still single. <laughs> 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 do I hear? Do I hear going? Five dollars, ten dollars. Two for one. All right. <laughs> See, they couldn't give me away. <laughs> Here are the promises. If we were painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past or wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Now, after a moment of silence for the alcoholic that still suffers in and out of these rooms and the innocent children caught in the crossfire, please join me in the... Ready for Yes, ready for it. God, grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. I got one more thing.
Here. There's a there's a new women's uh, big book study starting 